Today we have a recap of my brother's story, Mark Blaine and his wife Nancy, and with us today is Holly Noss. Holly, introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Holly Noss. I'm a licensed marriage family therapist in California. I have a private practice in the San Joaquin area, and I am also a health education instructor for a prominent medical group, (laughs) which I won't name. (laughs) Um, yeah, so that's kind of my background. And then I have a bachelor's in behavior and my master's degree is in psychology. Great. So we're doing a deep dive into the last few episodes of Crazy Nancy. We hope you stay with us. This podcast contains adult themes, language, and violence. It is not suited to all audiences and may be triggering to some. In many cases, the names and details within these episodes have been changed to protect privacy. Opinions expressed by guests of the show do not necessarily reflect those of the podcast or its producers. Welcome to Isolated, a podcast about male victims of domestic abuse and control, as well as those suffering as a result of parent alienation syndrome. We are not therapists or experts in this field, but seek to bring these issues to light and provide awareness of early warning signs of abusive behavior and resources for help. Welcome back, ISOs. This is the recap of season two. I'm here with Holly Noss, and I have some questions. I think she has some questions. I think all of you have some questions. Uh, Nobody has, however, emailed me with their questions, so it's all my questions. So (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, here we go. So in episode nine, Mark says that he wants to work with Nancy. He says he's really wants that. And Nancy says, it's all very typical non-committal language. Am I like off my nut? Because to me, that's very committal language. I want to work with you. It's really what I want. Seems very committal to me. So that's, I think we talked about this in a previous episode, kind of when we talk about the rubber band effect is if she feels him detaching in any way, shape, or form, she's got to pull him back. Well, and he's moved out at this point. He's out. Of, he's moved out into his own apartment. Oh, okay. So. I thought this was the one where he came back. Uh, no. I know he he went back. Yeah, in, but okay, not yet. We're talking about when right. he was out. So that's a perfect example because now he's getting away from her, and he's starting to detach. So that's a big no no. She's not going to go well with that. And that's why she's starting that new campaign of, I want to work it out. We can make this better, you know, doing things. And then there's the rubber band snaps back when she says things like an insult, meaning that I, how many times did she bring up the $1,800 apartment fee? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Ad nauseum. You can't even. And then she spends money like water, right? (laughs) Which I mean, I know that Chella was talking about that. Like, what's the deal with the money? Exactly. So Mark tells Nancy that the day prior, she sent three emails requesting a total of $5,845. Her recent spending sprees of about $25,000 have not helped. And this is the exact same issue that broke them up before they got married. He realized this was a problem. She had a spending issue. I don't know how she finagled this. Like, I'm cured now. 
but clearly she was not. And I just, I don't know, somehow she convinced him of some change that wasn't really real. Yeah. And remember, their whole reality is false. I mean, they're living in a false reality. Their reality only caters to them. Especially, and I I hate to say it, but I find this a little bit more common with women that are possessing these personality traits. The issue with finances, and I might have talked about this too earlier. For instance, a lot of times when I see a patient that is talking about, you know, getting bills with final notices and things like that, I'll Mm -hmm. say, who's Mm -hmm. taking care of the bills? Mm -hmm. And in a lot of those cases, it's like, well, my wife's taking care of them. And I said, when's the last time you checked your credit? Yeah, I do remember you saying that. That's really important for people to do. And Mm -hmm. in almost an identical situation, I was working with somebody with the same thing. I said, run your credit. And it was so low. I mean, he was completely shocked. It took me probably four sessions to even get him to do it, just to convince him this is not good. And he learned that um, his uh, credit score was tanked. And that's where he kind of got a little bit of empowerment. He said, we're going to lose everything. So I'm going to take over the bills, which he did. That's kind of where I'd want to, I'm kind of curious, did she ever have control of them? At at this point in the story, Mark was paying the bills. Right. So Mark keeps trying to find out how Nancy is monitoring his checking account, Mm -hmm. like all of the, because he'd moved out. Mm -hmm. He had changed, I think, his logins and stuff. He had a separate money Mm -hmm. and he was paying the family bills. And I don't know what she was doing, but she was begging for money all the time. Mm -hmm. I know that. But he kept saying, how are you monitoring me? His texts, his calls, his bank accounts. And Nancy keeps saying, Mark, why are you so paranoid? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I hope it's not horrible things someone said may have happened to you in your childhood. Mm-hmm. It's total gaslighting, right? Oh, yeah. And right. that's the big part of that projection when they they get upset. Mark's like, what the heck's going on? Why are you, why Monitoring is this happening? What everything. are you doing? And then he's ho- trying to hold her accountable. And then she's coming back saying, well, you're look nuts. at you. You're crazy. Yeah. What, you know, why are you so thin-skinned? So remember, they can never... And the word is never take accountability. It's kind of like a verbal argument that you're never going to win. I think one of the significant signs that I saw in this case is he, it was enabling. He enabled everything she did. I think you're right. Holding out hope that she would change or that she'd figure out. And then when he started to detach, she tried to pull him back in. Which brings me to my next question. So there, at one of our emails, there's this copy and paste titled Betrayal of Disengagement, that says, quote, when the people we love or with whom we have a deep connection stop caring, stop paying attention, stop investing and fighting for the relationship, trust begins to slip away and hurt starts seeping in. Disengagement triggers shame and our greatest fears, the fears of being abandoned, unworthy and unlovable. What can make this covert betrayal so much more dangerous is that something like a lie or an affair that we can point to as a source of our but there is no event so there's no obvious evidence of brokenness it can feel crazy making and mark says i've come to understand my part the description below fits what i have done there is other stuff i need to work on too but the impact of disengagement is so powerful thank you for sharing it what the hell why doesn't he push back why can't he say that's the biggest load of bullshit i've ever heard i've done nothing but try to help 
encourage, support. I mean, we've seen it through 12 episodes now of his total calm demeanor, trying to make everything work. But why? What is it? Why cannot he push back and have a boundary and say, "Uh uh-uh? So this is a commonly asked question. And it's like I tell people, it is the hardest relationship anyone can stay in, and it's the hardest relationship to get out, out of. Yeah. And part of it is just what you said, aban- the fear of abandonment, isolation, rejection will cause them just to apologize to anything and give in. So it probably goes a little bit, I don't want to go too far in the family, but there's something deeper that's going on with him in early stages where he probably has this huge amount of trust for anybody. Huge amount of trust or distrust? Actually, trust. Trust. And so, you know... He trusts her way more than he should. And something probably happened when he was younger that just made him more vulnerable. And the other part is she knew every vulnerability of his. You know, in Mm -hmm. a relationship, Mm -hmm. your spouse knows everything about you. Unfortunately, they use that to attack. So right. she, if she saw, you know, I, the adoption thing, that would have been a big one. If he was Absolutely. sensitive to that, yeah. oh my gosh, she's going to use that every time she can use it. And because she, did. she knows uh-huh. the, the magnitude it has. And that is where support groups, I mean, they're learning more and more about it because it's so prevalent. Now they're saying like one in 11, but why do they stay? It's kind of the same thing when you see battered women that are getting beat up and they still go back. It's not, in fact, I think this is almost harder. I think we talked about that once where I had somebody say, hey, it was easier to get hit than it was to deal with Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. because then you got it over with. Yeah, she, I think he was detaching. Well, he was when he got out in his apartment and boy, that's where she went for it. She knew every place to go and remember the gaslighting is now i'm going to lie she's going to lie about everything that comes out of her mouth but she's going to use what he's closest to and she did often all the time in fact his kids so mark sent her an email with these four links of things that had been purchased for benny there was a programmable gaming thing an h full hd monitor a stereo gaming headset and a dimmable kitchen light this was after numerous times where he said to her, we are going bankrupt. We are going to lose everything. Mm -hmm. She says, Mark, I know you're mad. Perhaps we should talk before you get home. XOXO. And Mark says, no, I'm not mad. I'm just busy and stressed, which has got to be the biggest line of bullshit that I have actually shoveled to people numerous times when I just don't want to deal with it. I'm like, no, I'm not mad. I'm just tired. No, I'm not mad. I'm just stressed. No, there's nothing wrong. I'm just tired. I use that so many times. So awful. I just don't understand why he can't say, and it's probably the reason I can't say, oh, hell yeah, I'm mad. Mm -hmm. We've talked Mm -hmm. about this ad infinitum. Our finances are Mm -hmm. shot. Mm -hmm. And remember, they're never going to win. This is the hardest part. But if he didn't want to talk about it, why would he even send those links? I don't understand that. Why do you do that? Some of it too, like you said, she had a lot, there was a lot of illegal acts going on with her too. Oh yeah. And that's the part that doesn't sit well with me because remember rules and laws don't apply to them. Mm-hmm. And that's what psychopathy started to kind of jump in with her. In fact, it jumped in pretty hard because then she started violating laws to get what she wanted. So from a standpoint of what he was doing, some of that sounded like her. I'm not sure on that one. Yeah, it's cra- it's crazy. So let's I mean, talk about so far into the, you know, the uh, 
abuse, you know, from mm-hmm. a standpoint, he sustained what we call narcissistic injury. And once you have sustained that, you're broken. And I mean, that's how far it took him. But he had a restraining order. He Mm -hmm. got out of the house. He's on his own. Mm -hmm. Which he went pretty far. (laughs) I mean, I'm really proud of him for those looking back. He's in his own apartment. Let's talk about this crazy incident where Nancy shows up at Mark's apartment. And he's sitting in the backyard with a friend. They're having a beer. They had just gone on a bike ride. And the friend recalls that Nancy stormed into the yard, camera out, saying she was recording and that Mark had asked her to come over during a restraining order he had against her, which is makes no sense that he would call her over to have oral sex. And Mark just kept asking her to get out, please leave, please leave. And she's showing, trying to show this guest pictures on her phone, dick pics that supposedly Mark had sent to her, which makes no sense. And so I, I don't understand what she's doing. She's clearly nuts. Who would do that? There's the psychopathy coming in. The other part is she went from covert I remember asking in the beginning, did the family have any inclinations that she was like that? So when he's pulling away, now she's got to use tactics. And so she can't be so covert. She did it even in his job. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when she Mm -hmm. started Mm -hmm. doing more because now she's losing it. You know, now he's getting away, he's detaching. And so that whole covert persona that she put on, now it's over. Now she's got to get other people to see it. And in her world, she was convinced that his friend would see that and he would side with her. She was literally, it's like a captain picking teammates and saying, here, be on my side. Absolutely unhinged. Who would side with you? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Well, they really believe that the person would. They, They really feel that they have the charm and charisma that it will just draw them right in and they'll, you know, or they play victim so well, which is another I def- definitely saw a lot of that, where she's the big victim. Oh, always. Especially after, after oh, the fact Lord there. Oh, God. my God. That was a whole new campaign for her. <sighs> so but, not long after that incident, Mark moves back home. Yes. Yeah, so, there's a mystery in that I one. cannot fathom. There's a handwritten agreement we found in his possessions. He will not have any contact with his family mm-hmm. for six mm-hmm. months. And if he lies, Nancy will file a restraining order and divorce him. Good. Mm-hmm. Do it. Nancy has taken control of all finances Mm -hmm. now and he will have any case against Nancy dissolved and the restraining order expunged. Now who in their right mind would return home under those tyrannical conditions? You know what? And of course, I guess Mark is not in his mind. I I keep thinking that he is, but I need to concede that that he he wasn't. I think the exhaustion and the magnitude had broke him so bad. The other thing is part of me wonders if, you know, sometimes when people are so checked out and they can't control, and we see a lot of this with what people experience with COVID, we as human beings don't like what we can't control. It got to the point where he no longer had control, even Mm -hmm. with his job, I think. She had threatened pretty much everything he had, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now he's telling his family, you can't be around me. I know that there was a lot going on even with his relationship with your mother, Um, and I think at that point, I am starting to wonder if that was more of in line with a, a suicide plan. That he was starting to contemplate. The move back was part. In in other words, meaning that he'll agree to everything with the hope that it's going to get better. 
but realizing if it doesn't, you know, it's like when people leave relationships, you know, they have a temporary separation and they're, you know, they come back and go, Hey, this person's the same. They're not going to change. And so it ends up in divorce. I also wonder if she had something legally over him that we don't know about or some threat. Whereas he could have lost his job. That was the other thing that made me wonder if she was using something that if I give this to your employer, and I'm talking serious, like even something about molesting children. I mean, something really, really horrific. That I feel she like- had something, and I've seen them do that. That's the sick part of it. I've actually seen people where they've accused the other of something. Oh, absolutely. Like her, and so I that to me that, sounded, yeah. I feel like that would have been part of all these 600 and whatever pages of emails. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I do know she was constantly trying to build a case about was he was an alcoholic and unfit father and had anger issues Mm -hmm. against his children and this and that. And, you know, I remember her putting words in Benny's mouth about some physical proximity. I don't know what. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Bunch of bullshit. Again, use the kids and and she used them often all the time. And again, there's your gas. That would have been a big deal. I think there was something more severe. It could have been. And it was just never revealed in the emails. Yeah. Something that she would, where she would have gone there. You oh, know what she I mean? would gone anywhere. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I totally believe that. And I guarantee you, if it turned out that he actually did leave her, I think that part two would have been worse than part one. <sighs> well, obviously he realized that mm-hmm. because he couldn't handle part two. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is once you go into the parental alienation and I'm thinking she had something or she was going to use something that profound and it's unbearable to think what life would be without her in the fact of even what she was going to cause that, okay, I'll just give her whatever she wants. And then I think uh, his planning went in. Well, so I spoke to Mark for the last time and I think we talked about this, but he was uncharacteristically upbeat. I mean, not himself effusively thanking me for everything I'd done for him. And I said, all I did was offer you a bed for the night. You know, he's like, no, I will always remember what you did for me. You did so much and how much it meant to me. And, you know, things are good with Nancy. We're working it out and everything's fine. And it was just, I think you were right on in what your thoughts were about that. But it was after the fact. I I mean, for me at the, in the moment, there was this thing that was like, this is weird. And looking back, shouldn't I have known that this was a, this was a big deal? Shouldn't I have known? I mean, I'm really banging myself for the head about it. Well, and families endured the exact same thing. Like, why didn't I see it? And because he was really good at making excuses for her, you know, he got really good at it and everybody believed it. And it's almost like when you said the neighbors, you know, the neighbors were going to reveal what was going on and all they all of a sudden they stop families do the same thing look we don't want to get involved in their marriage because they never think it's going to turn out like something like this they're not anticipating anything to that magnitude Mm -hmm. so then they think well he's a big boy he can control it we don't want to stick our our noses into his marriage but that was a sign for sure but you wouldn't have known it and the same because you're holding out hope that he's going to get rid of his crazy wife right I couldn't believe he went back. But then again, a few days after he went back, he sent us all that email, which I was stupid enough to think actually came from him in the beginning. 
And so I was pissed, you know, saying, I'm back with Nancy. It's all my fault. I lied about her. She's great. I'm bad. Please don't talk to me. Don't respond. I need to heal with my family. I was pissed off. Could she have written that? She that totally wrote it. That's Looking back, once I got yeah. the emails. Because he had never, you know, sometimes they just can't put something. No, to, words there's like no that, way. That they can't write Why it. would he send that email to his boss and to oh, that's HR? Right, to his boss and HR. That, yeah. That, when they were yeah. the ones that had all the information and were collecting it for him. Mm-hmm. Why would he send that I bullshit that. when they knew who Nancy was? They knew who he was going through. So I know he did didn't send it. Either she was sitting over his shoulder making him type it, or she typed it from his email address and sent it to everybody. And then we all, Simon sent back a scathing email saying, you can't turn family off like a light switch, you know? And so his email to Mark was even more scathing and I made him tone it down. I'm like, Hey, let's just, you know, let's calm this down a little bit. But I didn't respond, and I was pissed, and I understood that Simon was pissed. We were all... Did anybody respond to when Simon did it? No, there was no response after that. Yeah, yeah, she's got to shut that one down. If there's any inclination that it might turn him... But he like may said, not have look, ever known that he, right he that. supposedly sent it. She could have sent it, deleted it, right? Deleted all the... In- she had everything under control. I don't know how. When she speaks, I feel like she's really dumb. She's oh, yeah. dumb. She doesn't have good vocabulary. She doesn't have good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Well, it- But somehow she's got super smarts on sleuthing. Oh, sure. She could get the... You know, she could Google that stuff. The kids could teach her how to do it for that matter. But that's the other part where the psychopathy came in too, where now I'm seeing obsession. I mean, it was a job for her 24-7. She scathed and tried to come up with ways all throughout the day. I mean, it was almost like oh, yeah, that was 24, her, new, seven. her mm-hmm. new job. That was her job, to ruin Mark. One mm-hmm. thing I was going to tell you, and I heard this one gal um, describe people like this as they're like mosquitoes and leeches and ticks, meaning that they look for captive hosts to feed off of. Parasites. Yeah, exactly what it is. It was a good description. So in episode 10, let's talk about this bandit photo that Nancy was so adamant that got taken down off the company website. I went on the website, everybody's photo had masks. Mm -hmm. They all look like bandits. Mm -hmm. But Nancy was saying, as Mark, or she made Mark say, please take this down. It makes me sad. It reminds me of the time I was away from my family. I want you to replace this photo, which in my mind, no man would ever do. Gives a crap about his photo, number one. No man is going to like kowtow to, oh, please, I was away from my family. This makes me feel sad. Please put up this other photo. I know that was Nancy. It had to be Nancy. What was that beef about? Why did she focus so, because that photo was taken when they were apart? It's a control could, thing too. Yeah. And that could be another, you know, you can't always make sense of how the stuff they do because it's so conniving. They don't think like normal people do. And I, again, there's another part where I thought that's all heard. And did the company ever say anything to him? Like, Hey, do you know that your wife is doing that? Maybe after he had sent that email that he's going to work it out or they knew maybe they did the same thing. Let's just back off and you know, he knows what he's doing. Based on the emails, they just said, okay, provide me another photo. Sure. We'll change it. And he's like, I don't have one right now. I'll get one later. And you know, eventually he provided one, but it's a controlled thing. It's 
Yeah. How embarrassing. Seriously. But that's where she went from covert to overt, meaning now everybody's going to know. Now, you know, there's a new sheriff in town and now I, I'm going to control them too. God, it's awful. Um, she definitely made that change. So Mark sent Nancy an email requesting that she transfer money for bill pay because now she has control over all the finances. And she says, yeah, if you fix the printer, you don't fix the printer, no money gets transferred. It starts being such blackmail. Mm -hmm. They're her bills too. It's her house. It's her stuff. It's her car. It's her everything that's going to be taken away. I don't understand why she would be willing to put all of that into jeopardy just to be a big controlling bitch. It's a mental illness, although she doesn't get the pass that other people do for mental illness. It is a complete false reality. And the other thing, the people that keep them happy are the rich and famous who can give them an unlimited supply. So she could have also been putting together a discard plan for him, meaning that when they start to discard their mate, they go through a similar plan. So was there any possibility that she could have been engaging in anything as far as affairs? that's just it not it's not like anybody would know because what was being described there is more like a discard plan like she was starting to discard him oh well and she was clearly for so long but i mean where there was somewhere else to go because Uh, it doesn't make sense she's gonna lose everything but they don't think normal but i think she wanted him to die so she could get the money that was the other part you know now we get into the name calling of narcissism malignant narcissists are that horrific and comparing our malignant narcissists or bundy and dahmer things like that good i want to fit her name right in there but when i was hearing that i'm like dang this is starting to look as creepy as that even though that's not a diagnostic criteria for this personality disorder it's often used by clinicians to describe because people can't make sense of a ted bundy what he did but remember how charming and wonderful he was and you could be right on that that's why i think there's more hidden in this that if it were truly investigated i think a lot of things would come out did you ever see that show i love you now die yeah it reminded me of that meaning that could have been her discard plan yeah is that she knew he was so broke there's like this big part right in that area before he left that has so many twists and turns and dives and plus the other thing about rules she stopped following anything she did not think legally anything applied to her so then you're starting to get into your sociopaths Mm -hmm. and that was concerning Well, the object control she had just astounds me. When she says, uh, we're back to 12-hour blocks to determine if you will be allowed to live in my house anymore. You are not welcome or permitted to return to my house today. So he's left to sleeping in his car again after he had moved out got a restraining order and now he's back has no financial control sleeping in his car all kinds of crap i would be curious to talk to the therapist to be honest because i know a lot of they're not going to share anything well i know therapists aren't trained maybe tell me something there is is something uh after somebody passes i have to look into that those signs were there 
And when it's that severe, I'm sitting there thinking, did this therapist not know the magnitude of what was going on? Because as a therapist, I would never sit through something like that. You know what I mean? I would be much more involved. And even the people that I have that stay in those kinds of relationships, they're on a safety plan, Mm -hmm. meaning they would never sleep in their car. They Mm -hmm. would never, it would never go to that extent because they would have a support person and a place to go, which is part of the safety plan to, to try to get them out of it. So that's also where I really want to talk to that therapist and say, did you not see it? Right. Because every sign was there. Yeah. So Mark goes missing and I put up the missing persons flyer on Facebook and Nancy calls me demanding that it be taken down because if I don't take it down and Mark sees it, he Mm. might hurt himself and it will be all on me. See that, that's the part that a good private investigator <laughs> to look at cell phone pinging and where things were and what was going on and what tracking was on him. The fact that she said that, it's like she knew something. She didn't want like him I, found. She I, did not want him found. That's what I'm thinking. Or so much drove him to it, but it's hard to think that she wasn't there either. I know. I thought about that. That's the part where I'm like, this This takes even more twists and turns because all of that starts to line up more with that show, you know, that documentary. Like, let's get you all set up for it and put the plan together. And that case, she was conniving. She was working mm-hmm. him with the plan. It almost sounds like the exact identical of Nancy. Ex- like she was working the plan for except him. Except for the fact that she was constantly emailing him at work after he went missing. Yeah, but see, that could be part of the whole plan, you know, to make it look like she's looking for him. Or when she's, she's saying, what's for lunch? Where's lunch for the kids? Mm-hmm. Fuck face. Mm-hmm. Your clothes are all on a lawn with a free sign she she was going to the negative road but then she had no idea anybody was going to see these obviously but if you had a plan to make somebody kill himself which i think she did but i just i do too i don't think she drive him to it but i think that if she was there with him or had gone i don't know why she would have sent i don't know i can't understand the mind of nancy blaine but something says too that she knew he was so broke by that point that's what i'm saying i think she had more on him that she was ready to use and he saw his whole career and life going away and she knew it and i think he could have even made references or have have had some suicidal ideation that she got wind of and then she just capitalized on it she just said okay i've got him where i want him you know it's like I a i think she did i think she wanted him to die yeah, i think so too and but i don't think she knew that he was going to just take off because she flips her gasket with all those emails. She calls Mark's boss 149 yeah. times the day that he left at two o'clock saying, I know he's there. I know he's there and you just won't let me talk to him. 149 times. Yeah, there's a big piece of the puzzle that isn't coming together on that one. It there's, doesn't make any sense. No, she's like, take no. that flyer down. If he kills himself, it's all on you. And then she sends me a voice message saying, you were right. Thank you so much. Can we both go look for Mark? I'm so worried about him. <sighs> That's psychopathy again. <sighs> to be honest, they're not that good at it. Like I could predict what her next move would be every time. It's at the end that something changed because they are really pretty universal. Yeah. People that engage in narcissistic abuse, they they lay it out and you can see exactly what they're going to do next. Play by play by play. 
I will honestly say that this is one of the first cases that I have seen where I'm like, whoa, something didn't, something's not making sense. You know, I knew that there was concerns that you were seeing some sociopathic behavior. You know, we're going beyond just the personality disorder. Now you're seeing, you know, Ted Bundy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then like a Ted Bundy, he played this big victim and brought these women in. There's, it's almost like she had that part as part of her plan because it didn't make sense. Nothing aligned with that. That was the one where I, I was completely mystified on that one. So let's talk about the multiple methods of suicide. What does the redundancy say to you that he had six, I don't know, it was five or six different methods in his car to do himself harm? Yeah, that's almost putting another puzzle piece out there because that's not even indicative of somebody that's going to commit suicide. I mean, he didn't even show the signs of it so much. I mean, he said things and did things, you know, like the conversation with you, but even his ideation and his planning took a turn that is not necessarily and how he did it was completely, again, there's a whole nother situation there that I think, gosh, if somebody could just investigate. So there was a razor blade and marks on his arm. So he had tried it and they were in a healing state. So it probably wouldn't have been the first day. And he'd, oh, it was okay. clear that he was like trying and no, that's not the way for me. And then they, he put the tarp on the car and the carbon monoxide and that didn't work. And then there was a big bottle of Tylenol, which if you take enough of it, will kill you in a couple of days. With yeah, it your just liver. destroys your liver. Yeah. And then there was an inflatable raft with a bunch of rocks. Oh and the gosh. DA thought that he was thinking of floating himself out on the lake and trying to drown himself. And then there was the antifreeze. So when somebody has wow. that many methods in their car, to me, it says, I'm out. I'm, you know, because the first method failed. And you could have thought to yourself, okay, God intervened. Let me rethink this. No, but I've got this backup plan. So they did have razor blade Mm -hmm. marked. Were they more recent? No, I asked, was this cutting? And they said, no, they were just recently healing and there were no other. So So this would be a good one to bring in front of a forensic psychologist, unfortunately specializes in that and say, give us some answers here. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that's not indicative of somebody that Again, that's something I would love to. Um, why did you just take a bunch somebody? of sleeping pills? Mm-hmm. He had a six pack of beer in his car, which he never opened. If he was such a raging yeah. alcoholic, I don't understand that. If I was a raging yeah. alcoholic, it would have been five, six pints of whiskey and some sleeping pills. Yeah, for sure. Huge. That's what I'm saying. It's, the, it's like he I was punishing exactly. himself. And that doesn't, that's the part that doesn't align. That's the part where I would love to take this case and present this to somebody who really does specialize on suicide and say, explain this to me. Because even in the cases of the abuse, this one is just, there's stuff in this that just doesn't make sense. And I'm telling you, it's not a common, I mean, we know there's narcissistic abuse and we know the magnitude it has, but this case is just different. There's just there's more twists and turns in that ending part and how he did it. And then he ended up picking probably the the most painful, horrific way. Didn't he end up doing the... Yeah, antifreeze? the antifreeze, which yeah. it's like three days. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Like debilitating, horrific, you know, like you mm-hmm. said, carbon monoxide, that is more indicative. And men typically are the ones that will use firearms and things like that. But his way, that's why I would love to, after um, just us talking about it, 
makes me want to present that. I'm actually seriously wanting to do that Yeah, to make sense of that because that doesn't make sense. So the suicide note absolutely pointed to Nancy's abuse. I mean, it was completely clear that this was the reason. And for some, whatever reason, he said she's a good mother, a loving mother, and she keeps the kids. That which got me. was the worst thing he could have ever done because CPS never got involved. There was no investigation. <sighs> but Well, CPS would have saw her as a loving, wonderful mother because she can put that act on. She'd already had a child endangerment thing on her record. So I, you know, she's already been in the CPS system. What was the endangerment? Which one was that? Because she threw that broken glass and sliced his finger while the kids were home. That's right. So it was child endangerment. Yeah, well, that's a hard one to prove. In other words, because couples can be domestically violent in front of each other. But if the kids get hurt, that's when CPS gets involved. Well, maybe it was because Benny was the one that called 911. That's what they'll use. So if the kid mm-hmm. actually calls 911, then they'll pursue it a little bit more. Yeah. But even then, and then they found her, she was the one intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Every time. Did she have to go through domestic violence classes? Did she, it sounds like she, somebody pled her out of everything. How did that happen? Because if that was a man, let me tell you, 52 weeks of domestic violence courses, anger management courses, just the fines alone. It sounds like she got out of all of it. And then, like you said, with CPS, something was up with that. I don't know. One of the things that haunts me, should I have gone to the memorial that Nancy's dad invited us to? It wasn't Nancy. It was her dad. And we could go online or we could attend in person, if you'll recall. I did the whole pro-con list and I decided not to go in person. But probably every day, I think maybe I should have gone. Because, number one, she could use that to say, look at the Blaines. They hate you. They never came. They don't care about you. But see, that's feeding into everything that she wants because she's the big victim. And the other part of that... Maybe I should have gone and just stared her down. But I think I would have throttled her. I think I would have made a scene. I don't know how anybody could have at that magnitude. And even then, you didn't have all the everything that you have now. Gosh, can you imagine showing up now to something like that? Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I go with you. (laughs) Right. No. That's indicative of trauma. My trauma. Right. So that's literally putting you right in the trauma. And just saying, here, just endure this a little bit longer. It's like, you know, going up in front of your abuser and saying, well, you know, just this last time, mm -mm." therapeutically, I would have never recommended it. To go? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, I wouldn't have had to. I would tell you no. I wouldn't. I would guide you that way. It makes me feel a little bit better. (laughs) Yeah. Because anything that's even like we just talked about with trauma and how does families heal from this. The one thing about trauma is that is no different than somebody going up against their abuser. It's the same. Your brain is telling your body the same thing that this is bad. I'm in danger. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt that would have been going on. Your alarm system would have been full, full force yeah. that day. Right. So where do we go from here? There's no closure. There's no justice. Nancy has a million dollar house, a million dollars in life insurance money, and $25,000 from a GoFundMe. She's in Hawaii right now with the kids. She's had a facelift. Oh, yeah. There's that, that histrionic one I was worried about, too, which I already pretty much knew that that was another category for her, just adding more yeah, so categories to her. This is where you start to get in to how does the family heal from this? And 
to be honest, Nevi, this is that one where she's running the streets. She is out there. Even the court systems now recognize when somebody has been abused. Even the families get to have a part in that, what that person caused them, where they can literally in a courtroom say, you are the biggest piece of garbage mm-hmm. on this planet. And that's the healing part for them is to be able to actually tell that person. And not everybody gets that experience, you know, especially if somebody commits a crime and then they die. But from a standpoint of true healing, I don't want to say that healing can't take place, but now you're, you've got something that's running into the children. And I got news for you. There's a whole plan with that. Mm-hmm. When you look at him saying she was a good mother, I think he, in some cases he believed that, but in hindsight, I bet he knew it wasn't because she already aligned those kids. Remember, they don't have the ability to emotionally connect to anybody, even their own children. So, and we have evidence from the neighbors of her screaming at them, yeah. saying, yeah. do what you're told, get yeah. in the house, fuck you. Blah, those blah, children blah. mean nothing to her. And they mean something to her if they're convenient for her, like go get me you know, a glass of wine or something. But the problem is it's like, Ted Bundy's still running around and nobody caught him yet to stop him. And that's why I'm saying this abuse is still going on with those children. And that's your family. It's still your family. That's the part that is hard because you could write her a letter and tell her what a piece of garbage she is. That could be one way to confront the trauma. But would that be healing for you? It would be for me, but my husband doesn't want me to do it because he's like, she's so vindictive. Her little eye or laser eyes are going to be on you now. But see, everybody's given her power still. I know. That's the part that... I know. It's kind of like the... Fa- Again, we go right back to the neighbors who didn't... Nobody said anything. Nobody's doing anything. She committed several illegal acts. She's not exonerated for that. That hasn't been that long. It would almost be worth it to explore some possibilities. You know, a GoFundMe account... <laughs> But, but in all honesty, I think that those are some options that could be explored. All it takes is one hungry prosecutor that says, Hey, look at this, just look at this case and see what happens. That's one option. Obviously I just have no, I'd have no support in that arena. My husband, my mother, my brother, nobody wants but that's the anything. Neighbors. They don't that's even want the neighbors. They don't even want to hear about what happened to Mark. That's I'm what on I'm saying. my own that's, island here. That's the neighbors. Let's not get involved. And I get it. You know, sometimes people, that's the best way that they deal with it. They shut down, but I guarantee you it's going to come back up. It is going to come back up. And there's not a day that's not going to go by for your mother and those grandkids, you know, thinking about those grandkids And as you become more educated on just the disorder itself and the magnitude, and that's what I'm saying, I wouldn't want anybody to read about what they're going to do to their kids, but I guarantee you that's what's happening. So confronting that person is one of the ways that is very healing for a lot of people. Like I said, in a court of law, looking at them and saying, this is what you took from me. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe building up a support system a little bit differently for you might be part of it and trying to, you know, get some people on the island with you. <laughs> but I get it. It's like the neighbors. Let's just let's just not deal with it. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to come of it. A lot of people think like that. Well, he's the one that took his life, even the way the police did. And that was another thing that bothered me about this case is the speeding ticket. Oh, my 
my god! I mean, to Seriously? me, of course, you they're didn't not going to run the damn plate. So they made mistakes too. So even to a prosecutor, I'm thinking, man, they would love to go and f- dig for some stuff like that. So I remember having this conversation with somebody. Sometimes it goes beyond being a therapist where you case manage. It's gone beyond the level of damage and danger and everything around it to me. I don't sleep at night thinking that this woman is still, because I know what's going on to those kids. And well, that's I know, why I, say I know she's on the prowl for the next man. Oh, for sure. The facelift. The, oh, for the sure. hair dye job. The leather pants. You should see this woman. Oh, I knew and that was there. She's back on Facebook. I'm not friends with her, but there's other people that are spying on her Facebook page for me, sending me pictures of the kids and where she is and what she's doing. Do you know if she's working at all? She's still doing that business? no idea. Why would she be? Yeah. Well, that's the other part, too, is the working situation. I'd be really curious as to what what work did she do? How much? Nothing in the end. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely nothing. I think she put on a big front of all this big business she was and made it look like she was this high mighty. But again, that's all the grandiosity. That's what Simon said. I mean, I was never privy to the conversation, but he said that Mark told him that Nancy didn't win those trips. That oh, yeah. They had to pay for, sure. for those trips. Oh, and she yeah. made it look like she won these big, expensive trips. Yeah. But That's all part of the diagnosis. Yeah. You can link up everything to things that she did. That's what I'm saying. It was very textbook until the end. Yeah. And then something went awry. Well, I'm just not sure where to go from here. I, I guess it's the end of this podcast because I couldn't get anybody to engage or talk to me or have a, an opinion or write in or call well, in. Well, this so. podcast might be the lead way into exactly what I was telling you, meaning I can write some pretty compelling letters. I have even gotten the people from Intervention to come out and do a story <laughs> for friend for a friend's son i write really compelling letters and this is something that to me i i feel it has to go further because again i want to bring awareness this is 85 percent of my practice it's awful you know i've got the kids and i've got the victims yeah and it's 85 percent and like i said before i really want the coercive control law well it is it's out you can only use it to get a restraining order you can't put somebody in jail In other countries, you can for five years. It's interesting because I did write to two attorneys recently about it because they're advertising it. So there was a couple of attorneys, one out of Berkeley, actually two in the Bay Area. And I actually just wrote to them after I heard this, after I heard last week, Mm -hmm. when I heard the last part of it, Mm -hmm. just to say, hey, you know, you guys are advertising this and... I see it in the cases that I'm working on. And I've got some humdingers right now, too. I'm using that verbiage. Mm-hmm. But you've got it posted on your page as an attorney. Then you explain it to me. So I think your podcast alone and getting somebody to listen to it, I think you're going to draw some attention. And it's just telling them it's out there. So that's kind of where I would start is mm-hmm. writing some of those letters and directing them to the podcast saying, all you have to do is listen to this and everything you'll see is laid out for you. Right. And, yeah, I will. Uh, I think that's the, the next plan, and I'm certainly going to jump on the island, too. We know it's bad. They're calling it pandemic, mm-hmm. and I agree. But to see how far something could go, that's what I'm saying. Even for me, and I have some of the worst cases, I literally have victims that think that their spouse is going to kill them. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I have four of them right mm-hmm. now where they truly believe and men and women, I'm not kidding you. That's not, they're not immune that really believe to where even their safety plan has a big statement from them on a recording saying, if this anything is my happens fear. to me, yeah. look yeah. at my wife. Yeah. And I don't know what I would do if any of them follow through, but I've got a couple that I'm frightened for them just as much. So that's why I say, even with his therapist, I want to yell at them too. It shouldn't be allowed. These yeah. people should be put away. And I have had people say that it wasn't until I talked to a therapist about this and said, what the heck is going on? That they said, wait a minute, you're being abused. And I have it happen in my practice. When I see somebody for the first time that comes in, like say Mark came into me and he's in, I guarantee you, I know exactly how he would present. He'd present like there was something wrong with him. You know, he can't make his wife happy, that this is going on. He'd have a thousand excuses for him. And it takes a while before I drop that bomb Yeah, and say, you are in an abusive relationship. Right. And then when they start to play back things, and then they realize they've never won an argument. That person has never apologized a day in their life. They've never taken accountability for anything. They've already manipulated the heck out of the kids. Financially, they've already destroyed. And Mm -hmm. boy, financial. And you know, that was the other thing I was going to mention about the financial part. She knows his vulnerabilities. His vulnerability was in finances. Making sure I have a roof over the head for my kids and that we can financially to go on trips and have this nice life and do all that. He was vulnerable to that. And what do you think she did? Ruined it. Yeah. Ruined it. Yep. That's where her motive was, is he, he likes it, so I'm going to take it away. Well, in a suicide note, she said, he said she took everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. From me. And that whole scorched earth campaign he mentioned was like, yeah. and I'm going to leave nothing left for you. You're going to have no pieces to pick up. Yeah. Nothing. I will explore the suicide, though, too. I think that's another, uh, I think there's other parts to this that are worth investigating. I don't want to see this happen to another family. Yeah. And I've already seen the precursors and, you know, here's one that actually came to fruition. Yeah. And my only thought is I wish could have seen him. Yeah. Me too. Now I have people that stay in the relationships. I will not lie about that, but, and men tend to do it more Mm -hmm. women, unless they're discarded. So if Nancy had found somebody else, which she was probably starting to... If only... I know, that's the thing. That's where I hope and pray. Okay, yeah, hopefully they'll, you know, they'll find somebody. times she said, I'm going to divorce you. Do it. But I'm never going to talk to you again. The Don't. serial cheaters, they go back. I mean, I've had the same thing with the wives, serial cheaters, cheat, cheat, cheat. Well, she's going to be better this time. Cheats again. You know, it doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. And they're going to keep doing it. And then they stay. And then how do you make sense of that? The family has to heal, but everybody's grief is different, but shutting down is is not the way to do it because it's going to come back up and your body's going to keep the score on that one. Yeah. I think at some point when everybody gets to a place where maybe you do sit down and talk about what it's like individually to heal and how do you heal as a family and some of it might be to confront her. Yeah. Expose her. You know, that's a big one. Even in uh, parental alienation cases, when I'm doing an evaluation on those cases and I see somebody with the same traits, I say, expose them. Mm -hmm. The only way anything's going to happen is if you expose them. 
That's how to they know lose that they're power. doing it. Yep. Is that how they yep. lose you power? You expose them. Yep. To say that this person does all these things, is completely keeping these kids away from the other parent. They are demonizing the other parent. And unless you expose them, if you put the kid right back into the environment, there's never going to be any kind of reunification, rebonding. Usually that's what happens. Like in a case with well, what she was already doing, if they had divorced she would have made sure that each one of those children broke off any emotional attachment they had with him, even to the point where they, she probably already demonized him to them. And she would have been, it would have been interesting if I could interview the kids and just see what, where their thoughts were, because I've had kids come in and I'll say, well, you know, you won't even have a cup of hot chocolate with your dad. No, he's a narcissist. What? Where'd you get that word? Again. You're five. Well, what's a narcissist? <laughs> yeah. It is. It's true. That's what's even funny about it. Because it's a borrowed scenario. They can't mm-hmm. tell you. They cannot tell you why, why? they hate that mm-hmm. parent. And then they're trying to protect the other parent. So they're in this midst of this loyalty conflict and they don't know how to answer it. Well, so. and it really bothers me that they, I'm sure they didn't see that suicide note. I'm sure Nancy's parents or family didn't see that suicide That's note. What I'm saying, I have no idea what she told them about why Mark is no longer here. All I know is that the kids told the kids at school that their dad had a heart attack. Yes, yeah, so I, I want to expose her. That's the thing. And you know, he's not my patient, so I should go and find out how do we expose her. I don't know. Why should anybody protect her? So that might be the way to go. Yeah. Find out how to expose her. Again, even from a court standpoint, that's the only way you can do anything about it. Yeah. Is bring it to the forefront. Well, ISOs, maybe there'll be a follow-up down the road. Absolutely. We don't know, but for now, this is... Or a is, TV movie. Yeah, <laughs> movie of the week. <laughs> Documentary, for sure. <laughs> but for now, this is so long. We've enjoyed having you for the ride. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we pray for your healing. Be safe, stay strong, and survive. If you or someone you love is being abused by an intimate partner, we have resources listed on our website at isolatedpodcast.com. If you have an experience, expertise, or advice you'd like to share, please send an email to notalone at isolatedpodcast.com or visit our website. Your privacy, should you desire it, is a top priority for us. You can support the work of this podcast and help fund much-needed therapy for men who can't afford it by becoming a member through our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash isolated podcast which also gets you perks and benefits unavailable to non-members you can cancel at any time your five-star review on itunes will also help promote the show and help listeners find the podcast thank you so much for your support